Cocaine and Rinse, Volume 3, Issue 119, Manhunt and Manhunt 2. You can play along with Cocaine and Rinse, Volume 3. The next five issues are Parappa the Rapper, Parappa the Rapper 2, and Um Jammer Lammy, all in one jam-packed issue. Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, then we're going on to Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, Infamous and Infamous 2 will be covered around the release of Infamous Second Son. Uh, then Papo and Yo. Uh, you can find out the schedule beyond those five uh, next issues or at caneandrinse.com. Uh, you will also find there the blog, links to our forum, our merchandise stall, Facebook, Google+, Twitter and YouTube pages. Please do subscribe, review and rate us on iTunes. It helps us get ourselves out there and uh, it helps us feel good about ourselves, which is nice. Um, this upbeat introduction is uh, is in dichotomy with what's about to come. I'm James Carter, and in this issue, I'll be a directorial voice in the ear of Tony Atkins. Hello. Uh, from Midnight Resistance. Hello. And a former Digital Cowboy, founding Digital Cowboy, um, now joining us to talk about Manhunt in terms of certification issues, controversies, and the like. Paul Shotton. Hello. So, folks, Manhunt. Uh, originally a PS2 game in November 2003. Uh, released then for uh, PC and Xbox in April 2004, before last year coming to PS3 on the PlayStation Network. Uh, developed by Rockstar North, uh, they of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, the first couple of Lemmings games, oddly, but probably back <laughs> when they were DMA Design had a hand in that, I guess. Um, unless I'm getting that completely wrong, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, and also Body Harvest. Uh, let's face it, it's Grand Theft Auto we think of when we think of Rockstar North. Um, publisher is Rockstar Games. I've written a list of games that we associate with Rockstar Games as publishers. Um, I don't think I need to read them, but we're talking Grand Theft Auto, Midnight Club, Max Payne, Red Dead Games, uh, The Warriors, Ellie Noir, and Bully. As a kind of, and I guess box start table tennis. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yes. <laughs> so our histories with uh, Manhunt. We're here to talk about both games, but we'll obviously start off with uh, with Manhunt. Paul, how did you come to uh, Manhunt? I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, I think what happened is that the game came out in, I think it was in November two thousand and three, as we said. Yeah. Um, and I got the game on launch day. Um, but this is one of these, this was at the time, I bought it in game, and this was at a time when I think a lot of people I know exploited the whole Never. Uh, free rental thing, you know, where you'd <laughs> go and buy a game from game, and then come back a week later having sort of, well, caned and rinsed it, for want of a better word, um, and go, yes, I didn't really like this game that much, and then swap it over for something else. Now, loads of people did this. Now, I didn't typically do this, but for some, what happened is the week before, I bought Mario Kart Double Dash on the game. Similar. And I yep. absolutely hated it. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what am I going to do? I bought this game and I really dislike it, like really intensely. I haven't, you know, I, and I, I, I remember thinking, what's out? What can I get? Now, I knew that Manhunt was coming out uh, and I was, I was intrigued by it anyway, just because of all the, you know, it, it arrived on a wave of controversy. It's not like the controversy, which we'll get into later, was, was something that happened after the game's oh, release. It was, it was already an issue. And I was just 
or, or really curious about it. And it was like a, it was a really really weird week. I'd had we'd had a death in the family. I was kind of off work. I was a bit all over the place, and this seemed like odd, oddly oddly appropriate <laughs> as, as a game to buy. I don't I don't quite know why. And it's I mean I will get into. I mean I the thing is the weird thing is I I sort of I tend to buy games, play them for a little bit to begin with, and then come back to them months later. And yeah, yeah. Manhunt is a is a classic case of that because I actually didn't complete it until in fact after after the game had, had landed on the Xbox and the yeah. PC. Um, but I that's that's basically the gist of how I how I acquired it. I was I was I knew about it prior to its uh, release, and obviously I was familiar with Rockstar North Other output, although I'm not particularly big fan of of the Grand Theft Auto series. Am I right? This came between Vice City and San Andreas. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So it was kind of like that effort in the, in the middle of that. Yeah. And the Grand Theft Auto games, I've always kind of, I, I kind of admire, but find them a bit irritating uh, for all sorts of reasons. And this, this game appeared to be a bit more, a bit more linear, which I think, which I think suited, uh, suited my play style a bit more. Yeah. So that, that's basically it. Okay. So uh, that's one way to have played Manhunt. Andy, how was how was your introduction to Manhunt? Um, almost the opposite in a way. Okay. Um, no one had died for starters, um, and I, I was working in retail at the time. And I, I, unlike um, you know, uh, you know the stuff we've just heard, I I am a fan of uh, mo- like Rockstar's output all the way yeah. back through Body Harvest. Um, so this being something that was on the horizon, it was it was on my radar for quite some time. I picked it up straight away. I don't really like stealth games, like in general. Um, I mean, we'll get onto that in more detail yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. But um, I played maybe like the first couple of hours of it, and you know, just I left it on my shelf to rot. Um, <laughs> I don't think I disliked it. It was just it, it. You know, when other things came out, it was just it was too easy for me to put it away and yeah. just forget about it. Um. At the time, uh, living with some people who were weirdly pro Xbox, uh, they were banging on about the Xbox release and the stuff about the headset, um, which is an additional feature for mm. the Xbox version. I'm sure that we'll talk about, but yeah. um, that intrigued me quite a lot. Um, so I picked up the Xbox version, and that was the time I played it through. And um, yeah, that that was when I, you know, finally played through and finished Manhunt. Okay, Tony, how about yourself? Well, I was one of those weird people that adored my Xbox at that point. Um, so, I mean, I don't... I mean, Paul may may remember, but I don't um, remember playing it on the PlayStation 2 at all. So, okay, so, yeah, I played it on the Xbox. Um, and, and I was quite intrigued by the controversy. Um, I was a fan of, certainly, Grand Theft Auto 3 at the time. Um, and Rockstar seemed to be making this huge splash and name for themselves. And, you know we can kind of look back on Grand Theft Auto 3 now and think, well, that's kind of tame. Mm-hmm. Um, but Manhunt seemed to be very much out there. there. Obviously, then there was a you know a good period of time of controversy around that game. And I think all that stuff drew me in enough to want to, to play it. And, and I remember playing it for quite a number of hours and, and both getting frustrated and enjoying it in, in different, you know, I wouldn't say quite equal parts, but um, uh, I certainly I completed it then. Um, I've recently gone back and, and played through the entire game again uh, for this show over the last two weeks. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one because we're talking about a ten-year-old game now. It's uh, ten and it's a little bit more than ten years old on the PS2, and it's just about to be ten years old on PC and Xbox next month. So mm. that kind of puts in perspective. Not only have games moved on, but I guess we all have because we all played it 
roughly around launching to some degree. Um, f- for my part, well, not, not only that, like media, uh, we're, I'm sure yeah. we're going to get into it. I mean, media yeah. has moved on, you know, quite significantly in ten years, yeah, and our definitely. feelings about things, and you know. So. And, and as you say, Grand Theft Auto Three was was not exactly shy of controversy when it came out. Not to the same degree Manhunt was, but uh, yeah, to look back at that game, that does seem tame by comparison to mm-hmm. even uh, Gears of War. You know. Uh, 2006 that was wasn't it so that wasn't all 2006 7 maybe but not not all that much later than this you know only 3-4 years down the line uh, and and certainly in terms of its graphic portrayal of violence was was arguably much worse than Grand Theft Auto 3 was um, mm. not maybe Manhunt though <laughs> that's that's I think fair to say. Um, so for my part, um, I picked it up on PC. I was very much a fan of stealth games. Um, Hitman and Splinter Cell, I've talked about on on previous issues, um, w- were the games that got me through that period when I didn't have a console from uh, late nineties all the way through to probably like two thousand five or so before I really got started getting interested in gaming again. Um, so didn't have a PS2, didn't have an Xbox, uh, but picked it up on PC because, like um, Andy said, I was a fan of Rockstar. Had been since the original Grand Theft Auto. Um, that's the original Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. not three. You that's know, but, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so just had a fondness for their anarchic sense of humour, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, So to see them tackle a stealth game felt like something quite out of their comfort zone. Um, And and yeah, therefore not picking it up until it was on PC, it had six months of controversy and this game being talked about. And even though I wasn't in any way embedded in any kind of gaming culture, it just kind of pervaded out into wider media um mm-hmm. and and was something you could pretty much you'd struggle to miss the fact that this game was out there um i, I think it, it came as rockstar started to realize that controversy was quite a good way of getting a lot of attention um and a lot of advertising what the way i i, I think it's best to talk about this is i want to talk about Manhunt as a game first and foremost. It's difficult to talk about it without talking about the controversies but what I'd like to do is talk about Manhunt as a game and then we can get on to the controversies that Paul's already mentioned came up literally as this game was coming out there was already controversy it's not quite like Manhunt 2 where from the moment it was even announced there was controversy but with Manhunt it it went hand in hand there was no, you know, it wasn't following uh at all, it wasn't six months down the line. It was right there, uh, the first day it came out. There was mm. controversy for this game, but I'd like to hold off on that for the minute and talk about where this game came from. Because just thinking through there as we're all talking, um, it was probably late two thousand and four, I think, that the first Saw film came out. Yes, that's I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was around that time, at least. It's, it's got to be in that wheelhouse. When I was thinking about influences and kind of. Um, cultural touchstones for this game they are all films it's really weird they are all films and rockstar have a certain uh cinematic flair and a love for cinema in in a lot of their games but with manhunt i couldn't think of a game even the stealth games that, that i've talked about you know hitman splinter cell didn't really feel like they were relevant when thinking about manhunt it's stuff like the running man is a really obvious one um 
just because the whole setup screams Running Man. It's not a game show, but in any other way, it kind of feels like that. Um, yeah. Eight Millimeters one, that's a Nicolas Cage oh film about yeah. snuff films, and yeah. it's really weird and dark. And That's a Joel Schumacher <laughs> that film. That is a Joel yeah. Schumacher film. Yeah. But um, it, yeah, that's probably early 2000s, I guess. Um, and, yeah. and that was very much in the mindset, this sort of gritty, gnarly, grisly um, take on what, what voyeurism and, and pop culture could be and that kind of thing. Um, um, and the other one, obviously, Battle Royale. Again. The setting for Manhunt, uh, you know, the influences, the, um, the, you know, the sort of movie stuff that we've just talked about, mm. that's pretty much why I'm here on this show. <laughs> um, because the game itself, um, you know, gameplay will get into more detail, but, you know, as, as, as someone who doesn't really like stealth games, not really my thing. I mean, it's stripped back and basic enough for yeah. me to be able to understand the rules and kind of enjoy it. But for me, Manhunt is all about this this snuff movie, sort of like, you know, dark 80s video nasty aesthetic. Yeah. that, and, and especially when you combine it with, like, the controversy as well, it just, it really ticks my boxes when it comes to, like... Um, 80s you know, video nasty yeah, yeah yeah the sort of like you know era. banned movies the yeah, you know yeah. a VHS tape that you've discovered and put it in and you know oh great it's brain dead um you know it, <laughs> it's I'm really into those songs I like the culture around them and Manhunt really captured that um you know obviously down to its presentation but like yeah. it reminds me of films like um uh as well as the ones you mentioned but th- um something like uh Maniac um, with like the brooding synth soundtrack and mm. you know the sort of washed out colours and broken up screen and stuff. Um, that's that's a big thing for me. I mean, obviously, um, it's got a lot in common with sort of like films that touch on video nasty stuff, like the Guinea Pig movies, which uh, Charlie Sheen once memorably saw and thought was actually a snuff movie. I would love to be in the fly on the wall for that. <laughs> when Charlie Sheen watched that film and thought he'd seen a real death, um, and uh, it's 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 got something in common with these, like you know, those gritty old horrible films. Yeah. Um, and I find there's a charm to those, and I think that Manhunt One really captures that. Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned Saw. Hmm. Certainly, the first film, which did come out in 2004, around this. Yeah. It didn't trade. On how violent it was, it you know it was no, quite no, a smart film, which yeah, just yeah. happened to have some extreme violence in it, and a lot of it was the threat of the violence that was yeah. what was making it tense. And I find that does actually sum up Manhunt quite well. There's a lot of tension there. Now, yeah, it's no secret that the Saw films kind of went downhill quite quickly after that <laughs> because they realised that a good percentage of the people who are watching these films they were there for the violence. That that is actually quite a good comparison to what happened with the manhunt games what you're talking about is are all quite passive experiences although you know with film you can feel tension of course but turning that on its head and having an interactive experience through a video nasty you can see why the controversy came about and you know i you know me personally you know i have some issues with playing through the game now and how that made me feel and all that stuff so it's interesting Mm. from you know that's certainly a way to look at it, but I, I think from an, an interactive point of view, I think there's a different feeling that I took from that than just sitting down and watching you know, a video yeah. nasty. You know, I've seen plenty in my time, Driller Killer, yeah. etc. Well, uh, yeah, I think that that's it. Is we can talk about all the influences and touchstones, but you, you are quite right, Tony. One of the first things you, you realise once the opening cutscene's out of the way, which is a little bit 
weird and introduces a character that in some ways needn't be in this game at all, but that's by the by. The first thing when you're actually in control of the character you notice is, especially if you're wearing the headset, I'd imagine, you have a voice in your ear directing you, egging you on, manipulating you all the way through this game. That's a clear, That's something that you are shown happening to someone else in a film, it's happening mm. to you in this game. And that's a yeah, that's a clear uh, example of the sort of difference that interactivity can can have in how this how you relate to this. And that's the thing is though, you know, the interactivity that's that's video gaming. You know, that's yes. that's oh, yeah. that's what makes it so unique. Um, I'm of the school of thought where, like, you know, just because something repulses you or is horrific, it doesn't make it any more or less valid. No, as an experience, yeah. Yeah. because without that, we wouldn't have phew, half the films we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, plus, plus know, loads more that that I would know, rate as some of yeah the best films ever made. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and there's nothing. I mean, this is a discussion for a totally different time. But there's <laughs> nothing that bothers me more in a game um, when I am just playing through someone else's story. You know, it may yeah. as well be a book. It's there's no change to it. Whereas Manhunt. Yeah, sure, it's a story, but it ma- it really involves you in it with the headset and um, yeah. you know the way that like sure you're playing as James Earl Cash, but the game he- he's a blank slate, you know mm-hmm. he is completely yeah. free of personality. Yeah. That th- that game is doing its best to put you in that situation, yeah. and um, you know again it sort of reminds me of like you know again like the recent remake of Maniac, where again it's a horror film that tries to put you in the in the shoes of the killer. And um, I feel that film really excelled as well. And um, mm. I mean, yeah, it's not pleasant. It's not nice. No, it's not no enjoyable. It's not fun. But killer, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean it's invalid in any way, shape, yeah, or form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel that games do need to um, try these things to be, you know, to grow up. Um, you know, it's it's when they are just like. I, I mean, I would say a ga- in a way, a game like Gears of War, which is like gleeful violence, is almost worse. Manhunt yeah. is bad but it it doesn't shy away from it it, do, it doesn't it doesn't sugarcoat it yeah i think manhunt forces you to actually think about what you're doing whereas I, i've been doing stuff i like in the last couple of days I've, i was playing I was, I was playing a few levels of call of duty the latest call of duty which is just en- it's just an yeah. endless parade of just gunning people down and all that kind of thing and it's arguably no, it's not as graphic obviously no, but it's just it's just the relentlessness yeah. of it yeah i mean and every single one of those man, is a life it's much more <laughs> it's much yeah. more there's there is more to think about what going on in manhunt although I, well, yeah, we'll get onto the, the gameplay mechanic <laughs> itself but i i wouldn't yeah, I, I found I, I didn't find it as mindless as I do some of these other games, and that's not to say Call of Duty and all that is bad. No, no, it's it's not, that's not, not the it's argument, just, is it? <laughs> it's just, um, it's just, yeah, it's just when people talk about, oh god, this this sick game or whatever. Yeah. It just, it, I don't know. I, I didn't quite quite have the same reaction no. to it. I don't really know why. Uh, there's only ever been one game uh, that's actually made me feel quite queasy about what I've been playing, and that was. Condemned 2. Love the original Condemned, but there was just something about that that really messed with my mind mm. about the violence in that, uh, and because it was so up close and personal. And, and not yeah. altogether um, 
in terms of me saying all the t- all the touchstones and references for Manhunter films, actually, if you look at uh, the legacy of a game like Manhunt, then yeah, Condemned and Condemned Two quite possibly wouldn't have happened without this game um, pushing those boundaries. And I was saving this for later, but like, <laughs> if you're looking for a legacy for Manhunt, yeah. have you played The Last of Us? Like, <laughs> yes, it's it, it, you know it's yeah. a spiritual bloody sequel to the game. <laughs> like yeah. you know, you've got these obvious areas where you can hide. Stealth is key. And you know, let's be honest, the takedowns and death sequences in The Last of Us are absolutely shocking. And again, from a tonal point of view as well, it does not ever sugarcoat that violence. It puts no. it out in a way that you almost don't want to see it. Uh, we've got so much. I mean, we, the mechanics of the games that people haven't actually talked about, and we, we probably should run through those. But I'll, what I will say is the way to set it up is that I, I kind of had a two separate feelings: one from the first half of the game, and one from the second half of the game. Um, the first half of the game was very much like it was a really interesting commentary on violence and certainly violence portrayed in games. I mean, Paul, yeah. obviously the COD reference is, is a you know an easy one to look at, but it's exactly it's the easiest one to bring up here, which is shoot many people, feel really no remorse about anything. You know, just they're, they're ultimately just things in the way for you to get to the end of the level and see a story. Um, where Manhunt is completely at the other end of the scale because each kill feels like there's a, a personal attachment to it because you're the one doing it. You know, it could take you anything up to five or six minutes to to hunt down that one person. You've set yeah. up the kill, uh, and then you have various levels of you know how you want to portray that kill with which weapon, etc. Um, and I thought that it worked really well. But the second half of the game, I don't know. It to me, it starts to feel like it starts to revel a bit more in the violence. Um, well, there's definitely a switching of uh, by the last act of the game. There's definitely a switching of who's in control of this now, and it, it mm-hmm. doesn't quite ever get to be because let's face it, Call of Duty, Gears of War, it's a power fantasy. That's what they're going for. They're aiming for, especially not in, in a necessarily an RPG way where your character is actually getting stronger, but you are you are supposed to feel glorious at the end of it, and mm-hmm. Manhunt. I don't think ever gets to that point, but certainly James Earl Cash starts to take control of his situation. It's never a glorified situation, I don't think, but I do understand what you mean in terms yeah, of it does put him more in control. He isn't, he stops becoming the victim at a certain point and starts becoming the perpetrator. And that is a, is a, a switch that is tough to, to stomach, I think. And ultimately, I mean, there's... How many games have you killed thousands of people by the end of yeah. the game? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's no. It, it really is no different from any of those games. It's just the way it put, starts to portray stuff yeah. made me start to to feel a little bit about okay, kind of study myself. Like, why am I going for the level three kills in these situations? Like, well, is there that is the thing? Is, isn't is, it? Is, <laughs> is me? Like, I mean, ultimately, as a score at the end, but I, I'll be completely honest. I didn't give two rats about the score that I got at nope. the end. That you know, I got one. So what? I got five. Great. Um, but it was something. Well, I kind of want to. If you know, you, you give me something to hit, like <laughs> level one, two, or three, and I have the opportunity to hit three, then I'm, it's a bar to fill up. I'm probably going to fill it up. But it, it's never that basic because when you have a game like this, where the graphic, you know, the, the violence is so graphic. And there was a part of me, and I, I can only think there was, you know, the 23-year-old in me would have been like, yeah, man, like, I'm get the hammer kill and you know, rip his head off with the back of the hammer. It's going to be awesome. Like, this time, I actually found myself going, that's actually not kind of awesome. That's kind of pretty gross. And I, I found myself actually working out which one was the less 
uh, visceral kill and actually yes. going for that one, which is really odd. Like that, I, I could feel it in myself going, "Well, I just want to, you know, I just want to kind of get through this and almost not not portray." And, and yeah, I, I found myself kind of running past people and actually not engaging in violence. So. I had, a, I had a real kind of mind mess with this game. Yeah, it's really interesting that you should say that as well, because that's actually something I noted down, and um, I'll bring it up again later when talking about Manhunt 2. But yeah. yeah, so you've got, you know, as you walk around, you stalk the guys, you've got three levels of kill that you can do. Mm-hmm. So as you sort of sneak up behind them, you highlight them, and it starts grey, it goes like green, yellow, and red, as long as you hold the button down. And red takes about two or three seconds which uh, yeah, can feel like a more lifetime. Yeah, I think probably four, possibly four or five up to five seconds. It's a lifetime, feels like basically. 20, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And um, depending on when you release the button, you do a kill. And it's obviously level one to level three. And it's supposed to be, supposed to be in levels of the oh, extreme yeah. violence. I found, especially going back to it recently, yeah. that the level three kill, it's it's not as bad as the level the one. Uh, oh man, the uh, ambers are terrible. Yeah, the, the ambers kind of fall in the middle, but I found that the, even like the basic ones, yeah. and the reason why is, um, going back to the movie references, but it's, it's hard not to when you're with a Rockstar game, um, take something like the quite horrific Human Centipede Part 2. Okay, <laughs> A film that is incredibly violent, very disgusting, but so utterly ludicrous and over the top in terms of concept and execution and what you see that it almost becomes a bit of a joke. It becomes a bit daft. It becomes a bit yeah. of a parody. It becomes almost the Black Knight in Monty Python. Like they've gone yeah. too far. Mm-hmm. Plastic bagging some guy and then punching him 15 times in the face and then twisting him around and snapping his neck and then dumping him on the floor seemed so so less brutal and calculated as just sneaking up behind someone and then quite realistically putting a carrier bag over their head and just holding them while they struggle until they stop struggling and that's it. Yeah, because the the three star star or um, the worst kills are often so overblown you're absolutely spot on as as to be ludicrous is the only word. They, They are... Yeah, they're they're too far. It's it's a step past what is believable. Whereas it definitely starts to border on comical, and I think that's actually in some respect, I I kind of I've always kind of felt that's a bit kind of deliberate. I think there's this there's this sort of strain of black comedy running through the whole game. Uh, I, that's what I, I I found it. That's sort of backed up by some of the the dialogue, particularly uh, that comes from Starkweather. You know, the, there is there is this element of humour running through it. It's, it's obviously very black, but it's just. Yeah, the the stealth kills is just hilarious, and I, and I do agree. Like it, it is very comical in places, and Andy, I think you you are spot on when you say that the ones that are less violent are the ones that tend to to get you more. I mean, there's there's a couple. I remember the there's one for like a hatchet where he he kind of leans him over, but then like chops his head off. Like he first slits his throat, then chops his head off. And there's just something about the animation where you like, yeah, like that that looks exactly like that's how that would probably. Mm work and that's yeah. like and the, the the level three kill was completely over the top so i found i found it like a real hit and miss which ones kind of got to me and which ones didn't mm. um but the, the the thing that i keep going back to in my mind is i mean and i can't think of another game that's essentially like this is that you know i i've got 
nephews that play 18 rated games you know mm-hmm. whether I, you know i think that is right or wrong my brother allows it so they've already completed you know gta 5 and they're only 10 um yeah and they're, they're, like really no harms come of it in in there like they they complete that there's a clear definition between them going yes well it's just a game you know it's just a game uncle tony i'm like yeah you should be playing it <laughs> they play for gears of war they're like, oh, they're all this being, oh it's funny ha huh? and okay well that's you know it, it's not what i will do with my children but fair enough like it, it seems to have, have no impact i i can't think even of mm. many adults around me where i'd go slap down a cup of man up and go there we go you, you enjoy that and yeah. certainly in in the case of you know my nephews there i i wouldn't even dream like i can understand why gta is is kind of you know it's it's ridiculous i mean gta is just i mean it's become a parody of itself in, in many respects but not in my wildest dreams would i you know, say that anybody below the age of eighteen should play this because I think there, there is a little tone in it that is it's different from many other video games I've played, and you know, much like probably the you know many of the the video nasties, I, you know, perfectly fine for adults. And I completely you know agree that you know censorship you, you should be very very cautious around censorship, but this is definitely a game that I found myself thinking, you know what, there's there's I think there's a reason this is an 18 and i think really you know it's one of those games where it should only be played by adults um, even if at, t- at times it was comical there's other parts of me who think yeah that you know i can understand where the controversy come from in this case which is normally you know nine times out of ten i go it's just you know ridiculous it's just you know a storm in the bottle for no reason yeah i think that's that's definitely interesting and i think it it reflects what we've all been saying which is there's context in this game. It's not a. It's not supposed to be, um, just kill everything that moves and win the day. Mm. It's so dark. It's so depressing. It's so um, over the top in some respects, but realistic in others. That actually, you, I feel certainly, a bit of maturity helps put all of what is going on in Manhunt in context in a way that isn't necessarily required for something like Grand Theft Auto, because no one would ever believe that half of what you do in a GTA game or in Call of Duty or, or any of these other games that are 15 and 18 rated would be real life. There's a disconnect there. In this game, I think the fact that you are put so firmly in the shoes of the main character, without being that bit older, perhaps, I think it's difficult to to come to terms with the feelings and emotions that you are likely to have when playing this game. And if you, potentially, I think, if I played this at 15 years old, there is a danger I would have thought this was cool. There is a danger I would have thought that I wanted to be James Earl Cash in that situation. Instead of, when I did play it, I was uh, past 20, you know, getting on with with my life and and maturing as, as as a person. And when I played it last year and then again recently, I was able to put that all in context in the way I would the films we've talked about, where it's not just about being cool and being, you know, either shocking for its own sake or, um, you know, uh, being like an action film. There's, you need, I need at least to see this as a societal commentary or as a commentary on uh, culture of uh, of entertainment and voyeurism, etc. So I honestly think it do- it does that supremely well. Um, <clears throat> I think the game is too long. I I think there's mis you know missteps made. Um, mm-hmm. 
I certainly think the second half could be a lot. You know, I, I think if they condensed the way the game played out, it didn't need to be was it all but thirteen hours long. Like a, a six hour experience, mm-hmm. I think would have been more interesting. But you know, that's that's just game design. Like you know, missteps mm-hmm. have been made. I I do. There's a quote. I don't know what the quote exactly was, but there was. I remember hearing about um, Rockstar North or a previous employer, Rockstar North, talking about the difference between Manhunt and GTA, and like they always. They when they put GTA out, they they knew that there there was always an argument saying, well, you don't necessarily need to kill people, you know, in in the story missions. Okay, well, you know, X person needs to die because that's part of the story. But actually, the people going around rampaging, there's actually no reason they should do that. It's only because the player has decided to do that, and it was always a get out clause. And he was yeah. saying that when they were making Manhunt, they were really quite worried, and they knew the controversy was coming because none of that exists. I mean. Yep. There is you have to kill the people there. There's no way. Um, quite well, I think there's occasionally you can run past one or two, but it's quite often there's um, lock gates where you need to kill everybody within that area. And there's no way to just to you know do a you know a really quick kind of you know I don't know, easy kill. And that I mean that's maybe a com- the game being a really great commentary about you know no kill should be yep. an easy kill. Every kill should be um, you know something that's that sticks with you. Um, and that they they knew the controversy was coming because there was no get out clause. There was no you know there was no escape that they could, they could say well you know it was up to the player to you know they've chosen to do this because the game essentially is that every kill matters yeah. and you have to kill to get through the game. Um, in some respects, it's a shame that there was such comedy in some of the kills because you know as a commentary it probably would have been really good if if the kills were. I mean maybe they thought the kills were being very violent and um, it wasn't I mean, meant to. Don't be forget comedy. some some of the comedy is. Us, it's our defence mechanism kicking in mm. and saying we have to laugh at this because it's not. It some one person might look at that and think that's absolutely outrageous and disgusting, and I might just find the whole thing hilarious. Mm, I, I just happen to fall into the hilarious side of the fence. I think with the game, the violence in the game. I mean, if you think about it, uh, all of the characters you're essentially having to kill. They're not. They're not. These aren't innocent people, are they? Let's face no, it. No, no, very. No, they go out of their way to make them not innocent people. <laughs> any any attempts to really sort of deviate from what is essentially the mission you're on just uh, ultimately will end in death, basically, more, more or less. Mm. In fact, attempts to stick to the mission often involve in de- death, which is one of my problems <laughs> with the game this time round. But uh, but at least that that sort of that there is some distancing. Um, yep. that, that, that maybe doesn't take place in the well. I've not played the sequel the, um, in full, but the I, I kind of get the impression from playing the sequel that that doesn't really have that as much. Uh, and I think I think they've what they've done is basically take the game up to the absolute very top of of what of what is acceptable, in inverted yeah. commas acceptable, uh, and they don't quite get over the line i do you you mentioned about you know former rockstar employee i i do know in fact there there was uh, it caused a lot of controversy internally yeah. as well because there were some people who felt very very uneasy about the game yeah. they were making and even before it was out it was it was causing issues yeah. so to, to to introduce a little break i'm going to read uh, andy kurosaki's comment from the forum which i thought was uh, a nice summation of how a lot of people came to this game and maybe what they they made of it um so andy kurosaki says being a huge rockstar fan the first manhunt was always going to be on my radar even the mediocre to awful reviews wouldn't put me off got it day one and absolutely loved it 
The story was simple but effective, kill or be killed. The combat was satisfying yet brutal, from carrier bag, suffocation to machete decapitation and such like. It's probably one of the most tense games I've ever played, hiding in shadows, throwing bricks around, trying to suss out enemy patterns, and once you were confident enough to creep out and kill your target, it was pretty satisfying. Of course, when it went wrong and you had to run like, a, like mad to a previous hiding place, it was fun too. The asylum was quite disturbing, with the smiley gang constantly uttering gibberish. It got a bit tough towards the end when the guns got thrown into the mix, but the final showdown made it all worthwhile. Um, I thought it was interesting because obviously for a lot of us we've said that the fact that this was made by Rockstar was part of what put it onto our radars, whether it was because Rockstar were notable and we liked their previous games or Rockstar were notable and we didn't. There was still something about the fact that this came from Rockstar made it notable. It put it in the public eye when maybe it might not have otherwise. Um, some of the the uh, some of his comments there about uh, the the gameplay uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about in depth just in a second. But mm-hmm. um, interesting that he thought the reviews were mediocre to awful um, because actually the bane of my existence Metacritic has um, these games pegged at sort of mid to high seventy scores depending upon flat platform. Which yes, by the publisher mandated eighty and above or or nothing that would be a bad score it's actually higher than I expected when I looked it up I've got to say I I thought there would be people who would have too much distaste with the content or find the game quite tough and uh, as as Andy you said the fact that that, um, structurally and mechanically it's quite bare bones in some facts in in some facets then then, I understand that 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 would definitely put some people off yeah um, just to slightly go on um, a tangent Mm. it's actually what it's actually what attracted me to the gameplay. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't really sort of touched on the, the very basics, mm. which is obviously you're trying to kill these dudes, but um, there are shadows, shadowy areas around. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously naturally casted by areas, dark corridors, little alleyways and stuff. When you were in a shadow, uh, your little icon in the corner goes blue, and you literally cannot be seen. Yeah. Okay? That's that's the mechanic. If you're in the shadows, you can't be seen. It's it is as black and white as that. I mean, there's occasionally, if the enemy's in an alert phase, they will find you. But by and large, that's how you get around. You yep. get in the shadows. An enemy can walk past you within an inch, and they will just walk. They won't they're, see they're you. They normally just stare right at you as well. Yeah, yeah, they could be staring right at you within centimeters. But if your if your logo's blue, and you know you have you're not in an alert phase or anything like that, you're not getting seen. So that's that is the basic mechanic. You go in the shadows. Yep. You Wait for the enemy. You wait for the opportunity, or goad the enemy into an opportunity by making sounds and stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the more brilliant features of the headset being that you could use your your own voice mm. um, to summon enemies over with a quick "over here" um, or a bit of whistling. As yeah, well. um, but also um, that worked against you when you're still in the shadows and you cough. Um, no, no, you just have it muted. Or, or right behind an enemy and you sneeze, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but that's the basics. And because yep. it was so basic, um, I found it less intimidating than games mm-hmm. that I don't like, like um, your beloved Splinter Cell. Um, yeah, where, yeah um, I'm sure. Lots there, of gadgets, there's, there's, lots of all these yeah, there's weird so and much wonderful going things on. going on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, um, ma- when I started playing Manhunt properly and started getting into it with the um, the Xbox version when I was sat there with me rubbishy Xbox Live headset on, it was um, it was 
that that sort of basic gameplay that I, I understood it quickly. And um, for someone who's crap at stealth games, it, mm. it 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 was just such a basic set of rules. It was almost like a puzzle game. I didn't feel like I was um, actually sneaking through something. I felt like I was trying to work out a way to kill these guys. It almost felt like yeah, like a puzzle game basically, rather than a stealth game. When mm. I got into it, I, well, I, I think it's a bit more complex than that because I, I think if you release the game now um, with some of the you know, mechanics that it does, I think you know, it would rightly be criticised. Um, you know, purely, purely because like you know, it, it could do with a cover mechanic. On occasions, and I could do um, with an. In, it, I, I've screwed this bit up. Can I restart well, and, the last checkpoint? Um, you know, type the, thing. the camera is hilarious. You know, it, you you got to remember back in you know what ten years ago yeah. that people were still experimenting with controls um, and yeah. how things worked and how cameras worked. Uh, now mm. we seem to have like this blank slate. This is how a third person camera works. This is how you implement it. You just pick up a controller and straight away you know how a, you know any camera works in any game. Um, this one, if you're standing on a wall and you can move right up to the wall and you can see around the wall. But you know, like normally now you'd go, well, I just want to see that a little bit further. So I'm mm. going to move the right stick and I'll just get a you know a slightly further view around you know my my avatar and I can see around the corner. Nope, you go into first person view in in this game. So you can no longer see what exactly you were looking at. In fact, you are now looking straight ahead in the complete direction you don't want to be looking at. And that caught me out time and time again um, because Rockstar were notorious for that mm. at the time though. Yeah. Like Rock some of Rockstar's control system, especially when it comes to like aiming guns and yeah. general camera control through through GTA 3, I mean, you can. E- I mean, even up to GTA 4, with yeah. the aiming in that, like... I completely agree with the simplicity. I always find that simplicity in games actually make them more enjoyable than, uh, you know, having a really complex... I would agree, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you know, I, I think of many of my favourite multiplayer games. Um, you know, people are so, you know caught up in, in games now where, you know, they need to fill bars up and have 15 different, la- uh, you know, what's it, um uh, presets and you know yeah, different yeah. this and different that and you know some of my absolute favourite games were you know the original Gears of War where there was you know a dozen weapons and you knew which each weapon did and where they were in the environment and it made for a real kind of you know I, I, you know tit for tat because you you knew exactly what that person had um, you know Halo Three if you if you could, you know look at some of the the way that Halo games have gone down you know it was just you know weapons set in the environments. That's how they worked. And then they started adding all the jetpacks and this and that and that and, you know, completely lost interest as they become more complex. And, you know, I, you know, I think the earlier Splinter Cells, it was more kind of black and white. And, you know, the later ones, they've added a lot more gadgets so you can see around corners and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, too, too complex for me. So I really enjoyed going back to Manhunt and going, OK, yes, this is a dark section and this is a light section. As long as yeah. I get to the dark yeah. section, I can move from cover to cover. Um, in fact, it, it was funny. There's a couple of times which um, the guards actually do patrol through dark sections. It, it seems, and whether it was a bad, you know, scripting of AI, whatever happened, but I had one just walk straight into me and go straight into red. Even though you guys are all saying that actually this was kind of simplified, it avoided a lot of the over-complex uh, systems that a lot of other stealth games had and put people off. Rightly, I agree, they do. Um, I still want them. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> to apologise for that. I still want to play Splinter Cell Backlist more than Conviction because it has those systems in it. Um, but 
Yeah. I still adored the stealth in this game because it did what most stealth games, to me, do correctly, which is, first of all, it plays like a puzzle game, more or less. Mm-hmm. You might have to restart hundreds of times after dying, etc., but it plays like a puzzle game. There is a correct solution and a way to do it. Um, it gets the vulnerability correct. You are com- completely vulnerable, even though actually I was surprised when I went back to play it last year how slow your health depletes when someone's standing there battering you in the face. Um, you're actually quite, it's actually quite generous with your, um, with, with, um, with health, but you also don't do a lot of damage in toe-to-toe combat. You kind of have to be sneaking, so it makes you feel vulnerable. As soon as they see you, it's like, well, I don't yeah, really to want run. to take this person on. I kind of want to run away and hide. Um, and it gets that predator prey dynamic wrong when you, uh, right rather when you're sneaking up behind someone you feel vulnerable you mm-hmm. feel like you're a moment away from being their prey instead of them being around. yours yeah, yeah exactly um, and one of the big things it does which not many stealth games do a lot of stealth games rely on really fixed pathing uh, even uh, The Last of Us which Andy you mentioned all the zombies and the, the people actually have really fixed pathing until you you are noticed by them and then it kind of changes and it does some really interesting things with that that games before haven't really done um but a lot of stealth games rely on really fixed pathing they may have a different path they take once they've been alerted but generally they will default back down to this really fixed path you know exactly where they're going to be you can sit at one corner of the room and you can find a path through them where they don't even see you with manhunt they don't have even at the basic difficulty level but more so at the harder difficulty level um uh, hardcore is the hardest fetish is the is the normal if you like um which is just perfectly fitting yeah. um, <laughs> hardcore actually makes sense for once fetish difficulty you have to have your eye on the radar in hardcore difficulty there is no radar it probably helps to know what the environment you're in is and how many enemies you've got up against you I can't you. imagine playing this game with out of the radar yeah well that's the big thing they don't actually seem to change much else that's the big thing that changes it's but, not yeah, terribly said, much pre- more like difficult previously I think if, if it had a better camera system then, then yeah, yeah I could imagine because every corner Only on PC it has uh, the, the lean functions actually not bad um, and you can stick your back up against the wall um, well, the- I, I found essentially what I would do I mean yeah. this, this is how I played this game mm-hmm. pretty much uh, I'd run into an area I'd hit the wall with whatever uh, weapon I had, and it would cause a massive sound wave. If nobody alerted, I'd move to the next area, I'd hit a yep. wall and see what happened. And it become actually quite comical in a, in a way. Like some of the, the this is what I mean, where I think the game essentially gets gets a bit long in the tooth. Yeah. Um, at, at the start, I, I was playing it very you know very slowly, watching every every single move. Um, but the second half of the game, actually, I I wrote down. Uh, scene 10, Graveyard. Oh, Graveyard Shift, it was called. Um, yep. Now, guns had previously been introduced before that, um, you know, just by one or two people. But at that point, from that point, the guns are just everywhere. And it become mm-hmm. a, a ridiculous scenario where all the, the really fun stealth kind of stuff, you know, fun in, you know, in weird quotation marks, <laughs> um, tended to go out the window a lot so i'd just run into an area bang see who was around go to the the nearest uh area hide and hopefully i could find a a, a weapon and then just blast my way through it was it become you know quite anti-manhunt which is i don't know if it was another commentary that i missed but it become quite a frustrating experience because it, mm. it's kind of not essentially what i ended up signing up for they probably are slightly better than gta games had yeah, been certainly yeah. up to that point and arguably better than san andreas gta 4 they made some changes that made it slightly better 
later, but five was where I think certainly I feel like they actually got it more or less yeah, correct. But that's because they standardized. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just went right. Well, here's your, you know, your L and your R. You know, that's how it works. It feels like by the time you get to say Act Two, um, th- this game's twenty chapters long, twenty one, I think technically. Um, but by the time you get to that sort of middle, that sort of from. Uh, chapter 8 through to maybe 13, 14, a lot of the enemies have guns. The latter half of the game, you can, in theory, play through a lot of it, aside from those levels where you are stripped of your weapons purposefully. There are whole levels you can play through as a shooter. Um, And yet I can see why they wanted to break things up, but I kind of liked the fact that they hadn't done that previously, and I think that's mm. maybe Tony what you're talking about. The, that padded length, it felt like a lot of that was the gun stuff. Well, I, what what I would well. have liked is is for them to go, yes, you can play this as a shooter, but there's yeah. a way around this. And yeah. there is there are some bottlenecks in that game where that just is not an option. In fact, I mean, I I, I can't. You start off in an underground car park, you, you work your way up to the top, and like there's a load of buses and stuff, and there's about seven or eight guards around the corner and I think the idea is that you're meant to you know, lure them out from where they are but I tried out like throwing some bricks and banging stuff and they just wouldn't move from that area and what it wants you to do there's a gun right at the very start and you kind of, you, you have to take down like one or two guys that go into high alert and you have to run around this bus, pick up their, their guns and, and shoot some more and I died there like probably a dozen times yeah. before I feel like I just fluked it because it was through frustration and I'm thinking all I want to do is bang a, a, a can here go hide, kill the guys like I've been doing but even by chapter 10 so I mean that's probably 6 hours into the game I felt that wearing really quite thin like the commentary seemed to have slowly started to dissipate I felt like I was doing the mm. same thing over and over again now that that in itself could be a massive commentary about video games about you know media culture all that stuff but actually while you're whilst you're playing it it feels very much like i, I i've just been doing the same thing like literally the same yeah. free moves that's yeah. the yeah. video game trap though isn't it yeah like it's impossible to really do like spoof or parody of something i mean like the, uh, a recent example is the tutorial at the start of blood dragon yeah. where it's taking the mick out of terrible tutorials and then by making you do, the you do yeah. a really, really boring tutorial yeah. that's indefensibly dull. Um, but um, in regards to like the sort of latter half of the game when the guns come in, um, I just get the feeling that what Rockstar were going for with that, um, and this is obviously speculation, is they were trying to go for like a, a now the tides are turned part, mm. where you've gone from being this you know fragile you know plastic bag carrying hunter yeah. to someone who can just get up in their faces and start shooting them and you yeah, shoot yeah. your way to yeah. the finish the issues there are pretty obvious straight away is the gun plays not great and it goes on way too long yeah. I, yeah. you know if the game was like you know a good quarter of it knocked off and maybe like the last five levels were kind of straight up action almost with the option for stealth i think it would have been a lot more effective because manhunt when it's tense it's it's about as tense as they come mm. um i just i feel like they could have really made a, a more of a moment especially when you think about the um the sort of the points Manhunt may or may not be trying to make about video gaming. When you get a gun, it is a bit of it is a bit throwaway, and it is almost a yeah. bit like, well, do I really need this? Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Um, 
you know, it would have been quite interesting to when you get a gun, it's like right, this is this has changed everything. Yeah. And it does. That, I mean, the first time you get a gun, that is exactly how you feel. Like Jesus, <laughs> it doesn't carry. That's the. It just doesn't carry. No, absolutely. So, uh, last couple of things I wanted to uh, to very quickly mention because I think they're particularly interesting. Carcer City is actually in the same universe as uh, Grand Theft Auto and Bully. Uh, there are references mm-hmm. in each game to companies and the city uh michael um at the beginning of grand theft auto 5 or partway through it actually mentions that his first jobs were uh, a few miles outside of carcer city um and and, uh, again uh, the cars a lot of the this may be an engine thing but a lot of the uh sort of burnt out cars you can see in manhunt are actually cars from the gta games uh that kind of thing. So um, it's also in a book called Jacked, which I have but have not yet read, to my shame, um, which is about the history of Rockstar, etc. Um, I just think it's interesting that they're actually painting this horrific world where all of yeah. these these places exist at the same time. I'd like to know where the nice cities are, really. <laughs> um, but uh, the other thing is, obviously, there are a lot of memorable gangs. Um, there is actually There is actually a point to getting... Uh, three star ratings um if you get three star ratings in five consecutive scenes you unlock a bonus mission which is back in carcer city zoo with a a, a gang that was kind of cut from the game but snuck back in in this bonus mission uh, called the monkeys um i never knew that existed until i started reading about it because like you tony i kind of didn't pay much attention to the scoring um which which does undermine the notion that that kind of it pays to go for the the worse executions because well yeah exactly mm, but yeah. but it actually does kind of come down to um it's very much a commentary on video games because the score isn't really that important at all it doesn't make you any more powerful it doesn't give you bonuses really um it's certainly not in game so it literally is personal choice as to whether you're going to hold out for those there is some purpose to it because if you get higher scores, you actually unlock cheats, so you can um, do lots of stuff. So you, essentially, you can give yourself weapons and all sorts of stuff um, by getting yeah. bigger, bigger yeah. scores. So I guess there is gameplay things, but you have to. I think you have to play on the highest difficulty level and then get five star or three star, whatever the highest one, five stars. Yeah, the the most you can get on fetish is is um, three stars for the executions for the style rating, if you like. Then one for your time, uh, and then that fifth star comes from playing it on the hardest difficulty, which is huh. yeah. It's worth noting as well at the gangs. I mean, t- on this yeah. earlier, like James Earl Cash is a horrible, horrible person. You you yeah. are literally sa- saved by the director from uh, from the electric chair, yeah. and it doesn't sort of do a oh maybe he was wrongly. <laughs> wrongly accused. Yeah, no, there's no, no question. Yeah, he's killed some people. He's killed. He's killed enough people to be sentenced to death. Okay, um, but in order to sort of like give him a bit of an anti-hero vibe, they're like, right, these guys are all murderers and racists and and cops. So these, yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically just like. They also, weirdly, to give them a little bit of a heart, they uh, they take your family at one point and you have to oh, go yeah, for a level yeah. and rescue. I actually messed up an area uh, and one of my family members got killed. Like, I did. I remember doing that all you know, perfectly fine the first time through. Um, but I was thinking, oh, well, there's going to be some consequences. It's, no, it's just at the end, Brian Cox goes, oh, you let, you let one of them die. I was like, 
Yep. Yeah, and and then even if you do save them both in a cutscene later on, uh, the Lionel Starkweather makes you go through, find the camera, find the tape. You got to then go to a TV to hook the camera up to, etc. And it turns out they've already killed your family. They didn't let them get away, so mm-hmm. it doesn't actually matter. Which is kind of fitting because you don't get to be the hero. You don't get the good ending. It really doesn't happen. And that again, that's a commentary on on gaming even though in other shooters you are just killing hundreds of people but you get to be the good guy at the end you don't there is no happy ending it's not that kind of game which i think is quite perfect yeah, it, i mean that that obviously also serves as the catalyst for the uh, you know the the turning the tables thing so obviously it, it has a, it has a narrative mm-hmm. purpose yeah. for doing yeah. that but again uh, but the problem is that the as as already discussed the latter half is it, it, you could play a lot of it like yeah. a shooter so it, it becomes a bit more mindless unfortunately so they don't quite yeah. And um, see it through the purpose. Yeah, they don't. They don't quite. They don't the, quite there is a wonderful them. shot where clearly uh, the camera turns to James Earl Cash, and it's supposed to be him, kind of, you know, getting angry and getting even more upset than he already is with the people who are to blame. Uh, and and unfortunately, facial animation wasn't wasn't quite up <laughs> to it. So it's almost Max Payne face he's pulling, looking like he he's got a bit of wind or something, but. It's Brian Cox who conveys yeah. all the emotion, even if it's just uh, that, that's know, the character just, in the game. Really, yeah, absolutely, it's really quite funny when he he starts to egg you on as well. Like he, he, if if you start being seen, he starts getting angry. If you're like, oh, what are you doing? I can't remember. Yeah. He, it's the way that he, he comes across. He's like, no, that you're doing it wrong. Like this this isn't making for good TV. Come you're on, really, this is really yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or when you're doing really well, he goes, this is really getting me off. Cash, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, he it's, starts shouting at you. Like, cash, it's, oh, man. Uh, yeah. 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 It's yeah. really actually yeah. pretty strong I, stuff. Uh, that yeah. he's but he's so he's so yeah. good, and it's, yeah, it's to their credit that they got they got him to do yeah. it. So uh, he was really he clearly was game for it as well. Oh yeah, so definitely. Nice. So, okay, uh, so before we move on to we're going to talk about the controversy surrounding both games, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Manhunt too. Uh, there's going to be a lot less to say about that, but we're going to cover it a little bit anyway. Um, before we do that, we've got another couple of uh, comments from the forums. He says, Let me start by saying that Manhunt is in my top 10 best games ever played. I played it back in 2004, shortly after getting my PS2, and was aware of the controversy surrounding the game, but that was not the reason I was drawn to it. I adored Vice City and Rockstar, so it really was a no-brainer. Straight away, I was gripped by the eerie tone of the game, something that I had not experienced before and rarely since. John Carpenter-inspired soundtrack was sparse yet expertly triggered to reflect your actions on screen. The visuals were dreary, but nailed every environment that Cash traversed throughout his nightmarish journey. The Hunter's dialogue when you were hiding in the shadows managed to be terrifying and hilarious at the same time. I really enjoyed the slow build structure of the story. Your first weapon is a plastic bag, then a glass shard, and as you progress you eventually get your hands an increasingly more savage weaponry such as axes, nail guns, and machetes. Usually the introduction of firearms into a stealth game can be a letdown, but that was not the case here. They were just as violent and as powerful as the melee weapons, all of which were brought to life by fantastic sound design. I love the fact that James Orcash is a blank slate, albeit one that looks just like me. You are simply left to fill in his mysterious past yourself and wonder what crime he committed to deserve the lethal injection. And let's not forget the ending. Boss battles are mostly awful in the majority of video games, in my opinion. However, the encounter you have with the notorious Pigsy has to go down as one of the most tense set pieces in video game history. A true game of hide-and-seek in a claustrophobic environment, one of the sickest flubs ever to, ever to grace a video game. 
It's a real shame that the violent aspects of Manhunt jaded many critics' opinions of this game, especially as the violence seems quite tame by today's standards, because at its core it's an expertly crafted dark thriller. Oh, and Brian Cox. What I love about this game is the memorable characters, and um, Adderblack39 talks a lot about things that are memorable about this game. James Earl Cash probably isn't, but... On the basis that you fill a lot of yourself into him, mm. he's a blank slate, and and what the fact that he is a convict does, and, and was about to get a lethal injection, it it bridges that disconnect between you saying, "Well, I wouldn't do what the director said," and actually saying, "Well, hold on, but he would." So it allows you into that role without mm. actually filling in too much. And then, as Paul, you said, what where the characters really come are are Brian Cox. But the gangs and particular members of the gangs, like Barry, who wears his wife's dress and pretends to be his own wife, he's one of the smileys, um, and Pigsy, who is essentially the last line of defence that Starkweather has between uh, himself and, and you at that point in the game. Just really memorable, not just characters, but scenes and sounds and the way they look and feel and how grimy and dirty everything is. It's all fits together really nicely to make it, I think, quite memorable. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets, meets uh, yeah, the, the Jigsaw Killer when he's out, you know, taking his victims, yeah. Um, yeah, just that really animalistic, just primal fear-type inspiring uh, mask. Horrible yeah. squeal like a pig. <laughs> yeah, well, again, another uh, reference there that the um, the level you meet Pigsy in is called Deliverance, obviously, for, is, yeah. for appropriate reasons. He also um, takes a huge amount of punishment because you only have a, like, a shiv basically, and you, can, you have to stab yeah. him in the back yeah. multiple yeah. times, and he, he he goes into alert phase and chases you pretty damn fast. So. Yeah, yeah, mm. pretty hard fight. And it does leave you um, just to sort of like draw a line under the last part of the game. But once you've offed him, it leaves you simply with Starkweather, fairly defenceless, yeah. and a chainsaw on the floor. <laughs> you put two and two together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Does anyone else have a soft spot for the drunk guy as well? It's funny. You, you know, I, I rather, I always rather like the drunk driving level. It was, uh, um, that was one. Of, that was to me one of the most entertaining uh, levels. Yeah. In the well, game, it's typical. So. Stick him in a dark corner, go and kill everyone, bring him out of the dark corner. <laughs> exactly, standard. St- but it's some of the stuff. That, and it's also one of the few times in the game you actually hear uh, James or Cash say anything because obviously you have to you have to tell him to stop, and he actually he actually utters a few yeah, lines yeah. of dialogue, um, which is kind of it. Which is a, 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 to that point, I, I didn't actually realise he'd had anyone voice him. Uh, must have I sort of I sort of that kind of I kind of missed that. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. but. Uh, that was a bit strange as well, but I, 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 I rather like that level. Some of the stuff the drunk guy comes out yeah, is quite, it's yeah. quite amusing as well. So, um, so Paul, would you be able to read through Xavier Shandy's um, comment? <clears throat> I will hmm. try my best. Um, yeah, my first experience with Manhunt was watching a friend of mine play it on the PS2 shortly after the game came out. I remember watching him slaughter his way through his fellow man and thinking that it was unlike any game I'd personally seen previously. At first, it seemed like a fairly mediocre third-person action game with an absolutely insane story, but after a few levels, I started to think of it more as a grisly puzzle game. Uh, whether, the, whether that marks me as a sociopath or not, I, do, I don't know. Shortly after he beat it, I borrowed the game from him to try it myself. I found the gameplay satisfying and enjoyed the visceral feel of the executions, but ultimately I don't remember uh, much about the game beyond that. I do remember that I hated the last KO due to the 
due to frustrations with a few of the more colourful encounters. But in the end, I have a strange fondness for the game. It also occurs to me that he, uh, me here that Manhunt must have been the first game I ever played that relied so steadily on uh, so heavily on stealth so that might spin my recollections to uh, be more favourable. Reception and controversy around the Manhunt series. I was surprised to learn that the reported series sales uh, for Manhunt, so Manhunt and Manhunt 2, 1.7 million copies. That was way higher than I expected given that Manhunt 2 pretty much flopped um, and also had a lot of issues coming out, therefore potential problems that you know uh, in in actually garnering those sales because it was so delayed in various different places. Um, but yeah, one point seven million copies uh, sold. Let seems, me put it seems... another way: a Rockstar game that only sold one point seven million. That's that's true. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, it's true, it's, yeah. it's. I mean, that's pretty low, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you consider how how well GTA does, and you know, Billy, you know, did reasonably well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So to me, that's that says you know this was a, a a quite a required taste, although it seems high. I mean, that is two games combined together, and the yeah. cer- certainly yeah. the second one would have sold enough copies because of the you know the controversy around it. And yeah. as we always yeah. know, controversy sells. But I'm I'm sure that Rockstar were probably looking for a, a greater return on the amount yeah. of controversy they would have received from Manhunt. So you know, to me, that actually seems a, a relatively sedate number for a franchise certainly from from that company but you know um so paul you mentioned there was a bit of an internal struggle at rockstar i there are there are certainly reports out there that several people on the development team just did not by the end want to make this game anymore um well, think I, about it you you are turning up to work to make man every day to make that yeah <laughs> you know you're involving yourself in the world yeah, yeah, you're having you're having a daily meeting, right? What are we going to do today? Well, we got to do, let's let's just yeah. do the animation for the stealth kill on the with the yeah, hatch. Today, the yeah, hammer. Great. Okay, well, yeah. think of a way that you could kill some of a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> what a laugh it must have been! But uh, I think it's quite telling that Rockstar North are one of the few Rockstar studios who did not have a hand in Manhunt Two. Uh, now, albeit they were busy with Grand Theft Autos, uh, I think probably San Andreas and early stages of Four by the time. By the time this actually came out, although the, to be fair, the game was probably ready the year before, though, because obviously, you know, with all of the stuff that happened, you know, it sort of there were also uh, the issues in America. Uh, U.S. Um, representative Joel Baca, I pre- presume it is, um, tried to get some legislation uh, and and put in place on the back of Manhunt. Essentially, the legislation all it did was say that. Um, certain video games could not be sold to minors, which is hardly... Which is a, a thing that should be there anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think certainly on this side of the pond, it's it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to get your yeah. head around. I mean, that just stand, stands as common sense, yeah. but, you know, I guess... Mm. There was obviously a lot of media response, but the main thing that certainly in the UK we will probably have noticed um, following the release of Manhunt is that it was alleged that um, that Manhunt was a game played by uh, the, the the 17-year-old who was convicted of the murder of thir- 13, 14-year-olds, I think, at the time. Stefan Pakira, 14 years old. Yeah. Um, and this case became really big and notable because uh, the parents of, of Stefan, who was horrifically, tragically um, murdered, uh, alleged that 
um, the 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 two boys, uh, the, the victim and and the um, the one who perpetrated the crime, uh, both played uh, manhunt together. And it also came out in one of the newspapers. Um, it was reported that um, the the person uh, who it was alleged and was found guilty of um, of the murder uh, actually owned a copy of Manhunt and it had been found in his room. Now it actually transpired that it was not found in the room of the um, the murderer. It was found in the room of the victim, um, and they had played the game together. Um, nonetheless, obviously, when it came time to go to trial, Manhunt was raised as a potential inciting piece of entertainment or or uh, piece of culture that may have led to this happening. Um, it should be said that um, by the time the trial ended, the judge absolutely refuted that that was the case, said that this had no bearing on yeah, the, the murder at all. Out. It was mm. thrown out. and Thrown out, but this is obviously thrown out after the Daily Mail ran it on the front yeah, page exactly. of the newspaper, a picture yeah. of the box art and a picture of a dead boy. Yeah, you know, so like, mm. th- th- you know, they they'd fur- they'd furthered their, you know, th- let's be fair here, they have, f- uh, you know, agenda. Been f- yeah, they've got an anti-games yeah. agenda. You know, they they'd furthered it by that yeah. point. Yeah, absolutely. And the Daily Mail and uh, obviously no, they're no strangers to you know sticking stuff on the front of the paper in order to sort of you know, to sort of, as as part of the agenda. I mean, we've seen that with other things. Yeah. I don't really want to get too much into specifics, but you know, a recent uh, you know convictions and stuff. Yeah, they've done that. Yeah. It's, it's 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 constant thing. Yeah, yeah, the Daily Mail for me is like the worst paper in the world. <laughs> you know, so I really hate the Daily Mail, and so it's 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 really difficult uh, to sort of. When, when you know, although obviously what ha- what happened, the murder is absolutely terrible. There's no getting away from that. All of the stuff that comes yeah. from it is, uh, in terms of the controversy, a lot of it is is sort of soaked in this cynicism that comes from the people who you know, they're just trying to shift papers yeah. basically uh, by tapping into uh, a certain kind of mentality in the in this country, and that's yeah, that's yeah. Really Interesting um, side note to that. Like, I have a personal yeah, yeah. sort of anecdote about that, and specifically the um, a reaction to the way that the mail covered it, and it was from. HMV, you know, everyone's favourite safe on the brink of death um, <laughs> music chain. <laughs> nice story, um, yeah. yeah, I was working for them for quite a while and um, I was working for them when Manhunt came out and I was actually the games buyer and I'd built up a bit of a reputation in the company because I didn't over order on that terrible Tomb Raider game that came out on the <laughs> PS2, so my store wasn't left with them, so I became a kind of go-to guy for a lot of advice when it came to games, but no one heeded my advice on Manhunt, so I went it alone and me and my manager were quite big fans of Rockstar, so we ordered 50 copies in, which for our store was a lot, <laughs> and came out and sold about 10 <laughs> and the rest of them were just sat upstairs um taking up shelf space and making us look a little bit silly um and then this happened and when it was all over the papers uh, I, you know, I got a phone call to come upstairs for my boss and there was an internal bulletin which basically said look it's kicking off about Manhunt. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. This yeah, isn't yeah, what an sure. HMV internal bulletin starts <laughs> it's with. Kicking it's off. kicking off. Um, it's kicking off about don't, Manhunt. Don't shatter the illusion, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Well, this is probably why they went bankrupt, pretty much. But um, um, So it's kicking off about Manhunt. It is all over the Daily Mail. And it, it basically said, like, we think their stance is ridiculous, so we're not going to pull it from sale. But for the sake of a bit of, you know, 
you know, I suppose like, you know, being sensitivity, sens- yeah, yeah, sensitivity yeah. is the word I'm looking for there. I suppose for a bit of sensitivity, it said, pull any overstock from your shelves and just put one in the A to Z. Right. So, um, yeah, don't put would... it front and centre and don't make yeah, it look yeah. like you're trying to capitalize on a game that's you getting know, a lot with of publicity. Exactly. Like uh, banned uh, in game and Dixons <laughs> yeah. and Curries and all that yeah. kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was, because um, it said in this bulletin, like, gamer pulling it. And, it, and uh, I found it really refreshing. I mean, I hated working for them now, but I just found it quite refreshing at the time that this mm. big company was sort of saying, like, game have pulled it. And it did sort of say, we think that's ludicrous. We don't want to. We don't want to get a reputation as a company that would do such a knee-jerk thing. Yeah. And I thought, that's fascinating that they've sent mm. that bullet in out. So we did that, and there's one copy in the game section. We just carried on. And I swear, later on that day, first person comes in, hey, have you got that, um, you got that manhunt? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we Just have. how guilty a look was on their face when they asked for this. Pre- pretty, but it was in Banbury. So, well, yeah. um, so anyway, shifted that copy of Manhunt, do my job, put, Repl- yeah, one, replaced put another it, yeah. one out. Next thing. Yeah, you got that. You got that. Um, you know the um the naughty one, the manhunt. You know the the killing one. Yeah, yeah, we have. So I go upstairs to my boss and go, look, we've sold quite a few copies of Manhunt. <laughs> um, and my boss went, look, we have departmental discounts we can use. I reckon we just stick the whole lot of Manhunt. We stuck twenty quid stickers on the front of it, put it on the front of the store, and sold the lot in a weekend. <laughs> just off the back of the controversy. Yeah. They did. I mean, I remember they reported there was a, an influx of sales, yeah. uh, which, in, in a, it, although obviously tied in with a, a tragedy, it, 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 there is a certain element of amusement about the fact. But that's inevitably what happens because yeah. people yeah. don't like being told, "Hey, I, you can't play this. This is a sick, disgusting thing." People inevitably go, "Well, what's the fuss? Let yeah. me see for myself." Exactly. That, this human it's... reaction to do that is entirely obvious that that was going to happen. It, it's funny to me that, because. Rockstar, I, I really feel like in its certainly early days, you know, built these games because they knew what they were walking into. I mean, I, I Manhunt's a brave game to make at any time, uh, and like they they knew this would garner controversy, and they were in some respects, no doubt, rely on the controversy for basically free advertising. You know, that's yeah. that's we've always said that, and I think you know, I really feel like the saying come like no. Um, Bad, no, no press is bad press, and yeah. you know, Rockstar were masters of that for a good yeah. few years. I really think it's only recent that um, you know, I, you know, GTA Five's come out to kind of, I feel like, very little fanfare of people going, "Oh my god, ban this sick filth!" It's almost just been accepted now. Yeah, another yeah. GTA game. And it, the fact that it's been the biggest seller and actually, as actually hasn't needed that that big kind of press mm. controversy has been yeah. interesting. I mean, you've got um, stuff like LINR, which hasn't, you know, hasn't really, you know, didn't, no real controversy about it. No. So I think Rockstar as a company actually have kind of involved away from that tactic of make something for shop value. But there's, yeah, there's no doubt about this, that when they made Manhunt, that was definitely one of the things in oh, the back yeah. of their mind. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, yeah. this was going to come out, this was going to cause some controversy, and by causing controversy, long as it wasn't, I mean, Paul can talk about the BBFC stuff in, in a second, as long as it wasn't just that one step too far, that it was going to be a positive rather than a negative for the title. Yeah. Um, mm. And, you know, hence why the 1.7 million yeah. figure for, for I mean, James seems relatively but, but, high. They can basically release whatever the hell they could basically release whatever the hell they want. All they have to do is issue a press statement that says, you know, Rockstar markets its games responsibly to adults. Blah 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 blah. All that. That's all they have to say because yep. ultimately, uh, the the game the game is is legally 
has been you know legally classified by the British Board of Film Classification in the, in this, at the time in this case. You know, obviously we're, we're Peggy now, um, and they they have the foot that backing. They have the the backing of an organ uh, of an independent organisation saying, "Yep, this is this is eighteen races, yep, fine." Yeah. And then as long as they aren't seen advertising it on the back of you know children's cereal boxes and whatnot, uh, I think they're probably okay. They can they can advertise it in precisely the same way they would add a an 18 rated film would be advertised mm-hmm. you know in on the tube you know you see a mm-hmm. big poster for it and so on it's perfectly okay uh, just as long as it's not deliberately targeted at children so and that's that's all they can do what was the struggle with inside the BBFC then at that point i mean was was there a big controversy about should this game you know should this sick film be released or no, was it no that that's the reality of... the reality of the situation is no, that uh, yeah. as far as they're concerned uh, they 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 assessed the game in the way they would normally do any you know they obviously had a had a, a pretty pretty it's obviously they had some clue that the game is inevitably going to be an 18 i mean there's always going to be i think anyone with half a brain cell would be able to work that out from playing it's almost you know even for a short while but you know that it they have they have said it was it was basically at the absolute kind of upper end yeah. of what is acceptable they they themselves say they they said that in the they didn't at this time they didn't have the uh, the extended classification information like you get now mm-hmm. uh, but they in their annual report uh, the following year they did state they did clearly state that although it is you know the, the game itself is is very graphic and it, it's it's clearly meant for adults it's, and it's it basically right at the upper end but the, as i said they 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 took they take a lot of things into account i mean this is one of the things i, I feel peggy doesn't the peggy ratings don't really do they don't take account of things like context so yeah. mm. you, you you have to understand you know it's it, you're in an environment the environment you're in it's it's a, a dark bleak oppressive place it's inevitably you know there's inevitable if it was some happy you know tr- you know fantasy you know, sort of ha- land with little elves sort of dancing around suddenly you're yeah. just offing them in various disgusting ways i mean I, I think that would be a lot harder for them to stomach um but it's you know there there is it does take and it takes account yeah, of it's the contextually the appropriate yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, of what it's and as we've already discussed what it's influence its clear influences are yeah. from you know films and whatnot so they I don't actually from what I can work out I mean obviously Manhunt Two is a completely different matter yeah. mm. but from what I can work out it doesn't appear that it, it caused much no. uh, there probably was some internal debate about it yeah, I don't yeah know, I'm it was sure inevitably yeah. going to be but in terms of it. it it really didn't. I mean, I remember it appearing. I, I used to sort of regularly keep tabs on the BBFC website about a month before the game came out. Yeah. Boom. There it is. You know, doesn't didn't really give me any. Didn't they didn't have any any information, which incidentally is now described, I think, as very strong bloody violence. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's fair enough. You know, <laughs> these days. Yeah. And it's past um, it's past uncensored, isn't it, Manhunt One? Yes. It's yep. it's it's, it's uncut. First submission UK, was past uncensored as a as relative an 18, to yeah. the US version. It's it's un it's yeah. uncut. That yes. wasn't quite yeah. the same case throughout the world. Though. No. Uh, so no. I, no but then you know, there's yeah. some places that you know well, that, yeah. that have very a lot stricter censorship rules <laughs> yeah, than that. Yeah. So I, I had a look through this. It's a little difficult to decipher, um, but Manhunt is listed as a quote unquote banned game. Now you need to bear in mind it's a little bit like Red Bull. Banned doesn't necessarily mean it's been banned. The makers of Red Bull get around it by not submitting their drink into any country that they think will not classify it as suitable for consumption by the populace. Um, In the case of Manhunt, it may just be that it was submitted for a rating, didn't get one, and they didn't then make the cuts that were required, so it couldn't be sold. That may be what's deemed banned. It's not to say that any government stepped in and said this game shall not be sold. 
It's just mm. it didn't get a rating that was required to be sold. Yeah. So that caveat put in place. Uh, Australia, but only a year after release, did they actually put a rating on it that said it couldn't be sold. Um, I think the thing, the thing is, I think in Australia's case, I think it was originally given. This was in obviously in the yeah. days when there was no such eighteen rating. Yeah. It was, I yeah. think, given uh, the MAE fifteen rating, which again yeah. seems absolutely batshit ridiculous. Crazy to yeah, me. absolutely. But it was, uh, uh, the, you know, the controversy starts. Oh, uh, this this happens. They, they tend they have a tendency. Well, they certainly had a tendency in Australia to, to pull things back after Bow the fact pressure. that teams are yeah. being stupid. Yeah. Uh, whereas New Zealand was a lot more like. So yeah, oh, we're not having this. Um, Germany didn't sell the game, but again. That shouldn't be a surprise. Germany has, yeah, exactly, has some very strict regulations on what sort of content is appropriate. And um, New Zealand is, is is a place where it is actually deemed illegal to sell, own, possess, or import particular games, and Manhunt is one of those. So that is a pretty clear indication that game is banned in New Zealand um, and South Korea. Um, and who knows? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So those are the countries that I could find where Manhunt is listed as a banned game. So this is, as far as I'm concerned, Rockstar have built up to this point. Manhunt is the the start of their wave cresting of using controversy to get free publicity, frankly, for their games and them stomaching whatever backlash comes, be it in the case of a murder being tied to their game, which was then found not to be the case. Um... The crest of that wave, as far as I can tell, runs Bully we may well cover at some point, but Manhunt 2 and Bully were kind of in development at roughly the same time, and that Mm. seems to be pretty much those games are where that ends. Certainly in this country, Manhunt 2 and Bully had a lot of difficulties coming to market. In the case of Manhunt 2, again, it is quote-unquote banned in Australia, Germany, Ireland, but that's because they took the BBFC ratings. Um, mm-hmm. New Zealand, again, South Korea, and United Kingdom. The Again, it's not banned in the UK, it was never banned, but the uncut version that was originally submitted was deemed unclassifiable by the BBFC. They yeah, would not it, give it, it a rejected. rating. They rejected, rejected that. Normally what happens with that in the case of films and games is they then go back and say, here is the stuff you have to cut or change or alter in some way in order to get an 18 rating as it would have been in the case of this game. Um, In Italy and Malaysia, certain politicians or media uh, types tried to get bans for Manhunt 2. And this is where we switch on to Manhunt 2 talk. Um, So the BBFC didn't rate it. It then took a while, a long while actually, for Rockstar to come up with, for its various different uh, versions of the game, suitable alterations to be made to get an 18 rating in the UK. The ESRB, so after the BBSC it transpired, we're not going to rate it, the ESRB's rating came out, which was AO, adults only. That is a rating. Is as well. Exactly. It's for pornography. It means Walmart. It means all your big high street stores will not stock that game. It means that game will not be sold. Basically, it's It's classed as a death sentence, isn't it? Crucially, and this is the key bit in the state in the in the case of the US, an AO rating is not a. Neither Nintendo or Sony uh, permitted AO rated games on the oh, platform. Yeah, they couldn't release it. And, at and the all. game was being made primarily <laughs> for Wii and PS2, hence that's a problem. After after that happened, after the AO and the rejection, uh, obviously in, in Ireland's case they didn't they didn't bother pursuing it any further, but they what what Rockstar did, they submitted a new version. This is the version with all yeah. of the uh, 
yeah, I, I, the easiest way to describe it is sort of, sort of swirling, sort of filters, smearing yeah, effects, filters over the top filtering yeah, effects, yeah. in order to lessen the impact. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is that actually, um, in the case of the, I, I've not played the v, the PSP version, but in the case of the PS2 version, the filtering does very, very little to disguise yeah. what's going on, uh, and in fact, is if is if you're going to play it on a console at this at this stage, the preferable version, yeah. uh, because you it doesn't it, whereas the Wii version just becomes a mess, and also you're focusing on the the actions you've got to do, yeah. which are horrible. It was just a whole. Yeah. I, I have to say, I mean, I I can't see that um, Rockstar really wanted the smearing stuff. I, I I can see a point where they go, okay, we've taken Manhunt this far with two, we've got to step up a gear, and how at that point it oversteps a, a line, and you know people do get involved and it gets banned, and, and they, or at least gets told to to recertify. But I can't see a point where they go. I reckon we'll smear a load of Vaseline over the, the things like it's some, you know, boobs on screen at the wrong hour. Um, and that'll, you know, that'll be fine. I, it really, to me, felt like a complete hatchet job of we've spent yeah. this money on the game. We don't know when there's too much content. You know, the feedback we've had from these, you know, from the BBFC, etc. has been too severe. There's, we can't just go in and, like, literally put a hatchet to it. The best thing we can do is just, you know, but, cover up as much as possible. Yeah. And release this and save at least make back costs on that. To me, it doesn't seem like oh, this is the second version they had. But the the, the thing is that the initial in the in their initial rejection, the BBFC actually said there was nothing they couldn't offer any any constructive yeah. advice as to which what they the felt yeah. they could remove, which is the problem. So <laughs> all Rockstar could do was submit this other version. Uh, in the UK, even that even the smeared version wasn't good enough because it didn't really it didn't ultimately change the. Uh, the, the gameplay. A lot of it yeah. was to do with was was the way. I think I've got, actually I've got the BBFC post, so I'll mm. just quote uh, the the man himself. You know, uh, the unremitting bleakness and callousness of ah. tone in an overall game, which is you know yeah. constantly in coverage of visceral killing and so on. It's it's quite astonishing that when you look when when this when this video clip appeared, it was like a ten minute clip showing all of the things. Pretty bad. I remember sit, sitting <laughs> there watching it, together, it with my it brother. I watched it with my brother, and we were howling with mm. laughter because it was so completely ridiculous mm. that they thought that they could actually get away with it. Yeah. Uh, because um, what a lot of people don't seem to realise is, I mean, obviously, I know I know the whole thing is you know people don't like being told you know what they can and cannot play. I mean that that's kind of. Yeah. I I think why Manhunt ended up doing quite well at HMB in that in that yeah. period, by the sounds of it. Uh, but the the thing is that they're actually a lot more relaxed than they used to be. People think of them as a group of people. It's just a bunch of stuff. A bunch of people saying no, yeah, no yeah, to everything. Yeah. And I've met people who work for the BBFC, and they're completely not like what you'd think. Mm, they, yeah. They're actually. I mean, it was. I think at the time it was. I think it was David Cook was the uh, ultimately the director mm-hmm. of the BBFC at that time. And I, and he, you know, he's. I've seen him interviewed on stage by Mark Kermode. He's a, he's a remarkably I astute th- guy. I mean, I never felt for a second that there was a, that they weren't. They didn't wholly believe yeah. that their their reason for rejecting it was. Justified, you know, stateside. I think that there's a lot of feelings that you know our, our rating systems. A lot of stuff gets banned. You know, not given. Age. Actually, when you you look at the list, there's barely anything that no. doesn't get a classification. Yeah. Um, when you compare Manhunt Two and the tones and the themes and the style of that game, compare to say Manhunt One. I mean, they're both games about killing, but Manhunt the Two is, is there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like. Ma- you know, Manhunt One has like you know this kind of like you know honed style, this kind of rest- like you know um, artistic merit. It's got this um, the way it sort of like you know harks these um, 
you know, movie references and stuff like that, um, that, you know, that we've talked about earlier. Manhunt 2 just doesn't have any of that yeah. at all. It's, and, 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 yeah, and it is quite clearly that killing, that's, that's, that is what is at its front. It's, it's artless, and the whole point yeah. of the game is the kill. I mean, yeah. this is compounded. The plot's yeah. like sort of sub fight club nonsense. Yeah, you <laughs> oh, know. Oh, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Manhunt, uh, Manhunt 2 eventually was released October 2007 in the US on PS2, PSP, Wii. Uh, came eventually after a lot of wranglings with the BBS FC and a lot of media calls for Manhunt 2 to never be released in this country, in the UK. Um, it was released in October 2008 um, in, for PS2, PSP and Wii. It, um, so the uncut version came to PC in November 2009, but to my knowledge, it's not available in this country. It came to... Um, a couple, it came, I think, direct to drive, but then that was bought by. I think I'm right in saying that was bought by GameFly, and therefore it came off there. Uh, so Correct. it was available from um, Gamers Gate in America. Um, if you go to, as I did, to see if this was the case, if you go to Gamers Gate in the UK, it's not on there. As far as I know, aside from importing the American version or or you know getting onto American websites to buy it, I don't think you can get hold of the PC copy here. So that's not actually okay. true. Um, I should point out it is trivially easy to buy this game from a small little website called Amazon.com <laughs> in yeah. precisely the same way you would if you were buying any PC game from them. Yeah. So the PC version is is uncut. The PS2 version, what they did was so in in terms of what Rockstar said, they they blurred out and put a blinking filter on um, the executions. Um, the Wii U, however, they reddened and blurred the executions in that kind of smeary way, making them largely obscured from view. Um, the PSP. From those descriptions, the PSP version sounds more like it's the Wii version because it's reddened and yes. there's like blood spots on the screen. It's kind of difficult to make out what's going on. Um, with apologies to Rockstar London, Vienna, Leeds and Toronto, it, to my mind, it is remarkable that we're talking about all of this wrangling over getting this game out because it is bilge compared to the first one. It, it, I don't mm. say that lightly and I apologise to all the people who worked hard for years making this game. Um, I really, really do. It misses the point of all Ex that stuff we were talking about, Manhunt. All the contextual, all the putting you in the position of someone who is in this desperate situation where they are being forced to do horrific things, albeit under the guise of having been a killer in the past. It puts a lot of context and a lot of thought into commenting on the way we play other games and showing you that the hypocrisy in them and showing you the gravitas that can actually be had if you are put in a situation akin to anything like other video games portray. The problem in this game is, as you guys have already said, it's a knockoff of Fight Club identity. It's akin to the video, uh, the, the the film Secret Window, which was just a very cheap way of having a twist that, frankly, I spotted from the end of the first corridor in Manhunt yeah. 2, <laughs> when the guy who's talking to you runs away to the other end of the corridor. You can still hear him as though he's talking in your ear, and he disappears. Literally, yeah. he doesn't run around the corner. He's, he's, yeah, he's like a ghost. It's painfully obvious from then on. There is no context for how he can speak to you. There's no context for where he's going when he then pops up at, like... You know, a jack in the box next to you at the end of every mission to say, "Well done, you made it." It's painfully obvious that it's some twist because it's all based on this psychological experiment done by the project 
and that's as daft as it sounds. I mean, I, I've watched all the, the kill scenes, blah, 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 just yeah. because of a curiosity. I haven't seen really any gameplay. But then, I mean, that surprises me from, although it's not Rockstar North, it's still a, a Rockstar production, and mm-hmm. Rockstar productions are, are normally pretty solid, even if yeah. they're you know in the quiet taste. So, I mean, is it just, was it just Rockstar wanting to see, honestly, how far those boundaries were, that they got close with Manhunt? Maybe. And I mean, even without the context, it was just mechanically they've made some changes that actually make sense. And even on the PSP, where you've got like only a single analog slider and the camera's kind of that Resident Evil Four style, where you're you're t- turning as as you go left and right, and and then forward and back is moving forward and back. So it, it's kind of hamstrung a little bit on the PSP, but it works quite well. And there's some sensible changes mechanically um, that work quite well, even on the PSP. It's it's literally just it seems like they didn't get what was important to me at least about the original game sorry andy i think you were gonna yeah it comes across trashy doesn't it it's yeah. um yeah it, I, I mean i mentioned this way, way back at the start when um the saw films yeah eventually yeah. like that you you know i mean they've they've stopped them now but it, it came a point where you went there you went to see the gore that's yeah. why people went. You went to see how far they were going to push it this time. Exactly, yeah. and, and and it's done that. But in doing it, it, it's it's jettisoned everything that made the first one kind of um, interesting because fundamentally the gameplay's not that different. Um, there's a few changes here and there, but it's this it's this tonal disaster that they've <laughs> that they've created with um, Manhunt Two, where they've just um, it, it, like Rockstar, are a very, very, very smart company. Yeah. Like it, yeah. in terms of like, um, you know, the way that they sort of, you know, you know, mess with like popular cultural norms and stuff, and um, you know, parody them, and uh, you know, uh, almost like mock the the norms that you expect in you know movies and games and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Manhunt. Although very dark and very bleak and very po-faced, it has a, it has an element of that. Yeah, and it, Manhunt it, it, Two has yeah. none but of that, it. But that's what I'm asking from a company as as savvy as yeah. as Rockstar. Yeah, no, right. How does yeah. Manhunt Two come out without that context? I have no idea, but it's the oh. only time they've done that. Almost like a parallel of like the crappy straight-to-video sequel yeah. that comes out <laughs> after the yeah, you know no, the. Absolutely. That's almost what it feels like. I mean, it was it literally just Rockstar really interested to see how far I mean many people even the GTA say, were saying that Rockstar are you know ultimately changing the way that games would be designed because they're pushing boundaries I I, yeah. I, I mean I, I just have this feeling that they saw Manhunt 2 as that next step okay Manhunt was there let's push it further than we did with that we seem to get away with that the GTA games yeah. go this far you know where where does the boundary lie and with Manhunt and with the GTA games they've pushed boundaries not necessarily always in the same direction of um, that they did with Manhunt but in other ways in, in terms of the parody and the satire etc um, but what you always have is a peg in the ground in the middle that says this is where we start from and we're pushing a boundary in a certain direction and with Manhunt 2 it seems like they didn't have that, that grounding problem is I suppose that uh, no amount of Often these things, you know, arriving on a wave of controversy isn't necessarily instantaneous sales. It doesn't always amount to that. I mean, yeah. sometimes it does, uh, but usually there's some um, there's something a bit or of substance there. And I just kind of think a lot of people just thought just completely nonplussed by it. 
in in respect of those people who I've probably offended quite badly who made the game, mechanically and and in terms of how it looks on the PSP version, certainly, it's a really it's really actually quite impressive. You know, it's mechanically sound. It, it's um, it, it looks good on the handheld. I mean, it's not supposed to be a good looking game, but but in terms of graphically and the way it looks and the way it plays, etc. It's good. It's it's in certain ways up to what you would expect Rockstar to be doing with a, a sequel to to any game, uh, Manhunt included. Um, the the problem is that tone the the tone and context when you're trying to push boundaries as far as they seem to have wanted to push them are everything. The the thing that sticks out in my mind is one of the early levels. You go back to um, the the main character's uh, house to. To recover a syringe with some medication that will essentially allow him to recover from whatever's been done to him at the asylum he's been interned in for some time. Um, you go around the house, enemies start coming in and you have to negotiate around them. When you get close to your objective, you walk through a door, an enemy bursts in through a, through a boarded up window and runs at you. That's That's so far away from what Manhunt was to me. That shock, that action game trope, that just coming at you out of nowhere, that's not what Manhunt was about. It's not making a point about anything. It's just putting a character in a situation where you get to run away, hide, and then kill someone in a brutal and gruesome way. It, Although there were there were a few examples of that happening in the first Manhunt game where yeah. you'd walk around a corner and all of a sudden someone would... and you'd have yeah. to leg it back but, quickly. I mean, but that but, that was set up in a controlled environment where Starkweather is controlling everything that happens to make a film. This is set up as someone going back to their house in an open city, as far as we can tell. It's not a it's not a derelict area of a city that's fenced off and contained. It it breaks a reality that that the first game didn't. Even what, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, from somebody who hasn't actually played the game, I was fascinated by um, seeing you know the outcry around it, the way it changed yeah. the BBFC, all that yeah, stuff. Sure. Ultimately. Yeah. What yeah. I read from the reviews and I heard from other people, the game wasn't worth playing, so I didn't yeah. because I still had uh, a fair bit of respect for the first game. Um, so you know, it just sometimes it just goes to show that even controversy around your game isn't enough. For... It seems like it was misguided, perhaps from the beginning, perhaps mm-hmm. along the way, it lost what was what was right about it. Anyway, um, we got loads of three-word reviews uh, for this relative to what I expected. I don't know why mm-hmm. particularly. But um, we would like to go through them now. Andy, would you kick us off, please? Dave Salad says, violent but fun. Uh, Chris Jellyman says, excellent Brian Cox. Steve Norman says, stylish slasher porn. Nick O'Neill, graphic intense. Wonderful. Andy Rodriguez says, think Bateman, Batman. Um, Normcore Holly says, really bad gunplay. Xavier Forshandy says, dark psychopathic puzzles. Adder Black 39 Rough snuff classic. Catatonic Gnarly says brutal fetishistic fun. And finally, Stuart Cullen says art of killing. Um, obviously, those are, are probably mostly aimed at Manhunt rather than Manhunt 2, but uh, <laughs> interesting to see people's different takes on it. Some uh, remembering uh, good things and the bad as well. So, our summaries. Um, I'm going to go first. I think I've kind of said all I need to say about these games. Um, For games that are oft dismissed uh, uh, together, I guess, as um, 
as as so I, I guess the same as as the Saw and Hostile films as kind of gore porn type uh, games, you know, controversy bait that kind of thing. I think there's much more to Manhunt than than perhaps meets the eye. Um, People uh, often talk about Spec Ops the Line in terms of critiquing gaming and and really asking the player to think long and hard about what it is they're doing in other games and why they're doing it. Um, and likewise has bad gunplay that people say, oh, the bad gunplay just highlights, you know, things about the game. I No. Manhunt did it like near, what, seven years before? Yes, yeah, it was 2010 Spec Ops, I think. Seven years before that, Manhunt came out and did all of these things and made me feel personally incredibly uncomfortable. And just like with films, I think feeling uncomfortable with what you are watching or doing is as important as feeling powerful, as feeling glorious, as feeling uh, as as feeling you know lifted up and raised up and happy and all those other good things we can get from games. I think being challenged to look at what it is you're doing and why is as important and as uh, interesting to me that that these games can do that. I say these games. Manhunt did that. Manhunt two <laughs> just didn't. It really, really didn't. Um, for for the reasons I've said, context is everything in this regard, and it's something the BBFC have always hung on to, um, over and above some other uh, ratings boards. BBFC take context into account, and that's exactly where these two games fall uh, on either side of a divide for me. I think Manhunt, for its faults, and there are there are several. I think the gunplay is not good. I think. Um, there are aspects of it that aren't terribly great, <clears throat> but overall, you know, mechanically, it may not be as as um, sophisticated as games even at that time, and it certainly pales a bit now. But overall, the tone, the aesthetic, uh, the the sound design is is amazing. I think adds a lot to that game in terms of putting me in uncomfortable places. Um, I just think it is a a bit of a masterpiece in my eyes. And I understand that's distasteful to some people. It may be offensive to some people, but I really, really have uh, a lot of respect for a, a, a game like Manhunt and the people that, that made it. Um, yeah, that, I'm going to stop there. I, um, that's that's what I wanted to say. Uh, Tony, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm really conflicted by this game. Um, in some respects, I have nothing but admiration for companies pushing the boundaries i think you know some of the greatest pieces of art of our time or of all time have been things that push against the norms and manhunt you know is very much an important game to this industry whether it's pushing against the bbfc whether it's pushing against um you know game design and mechanics at the time um so i think it's a really important game the the problem with that is it's a game that I wouldn't say is a particularly a fun game to play and, and neither does it set out to be. I, I think mm-hmm. you know, there there is an argument if you're if you're playing the game and actually have a great big smile on your face because of the kills you're doing, that, I'm not, not going to say that that's a bit weird because I can I can almost see in the way that you watch, you know, horror films and, and kind of not get off from the, from what's on the screen but kind of enjoy that. Like that's that's fine. Some people are programmed like that. I don't particularly like horror films, and I don't really play horror games that often. So to go back and play Manhunt now was a weird experience because I feel like ten years down the line, you know, there's aspects about me that has changed from the twenty-three year old yep. that played it and kind of yeah, enjoyed sure. many of those aspects. So it's an odd game, but um, 
I mean, I I think from a technical point of view, I I like that it's kind of like the black and whiteness of of the, the stealth mechanics. But I also think the game is frustrating in places. I think the shooting really needed to be narrowed down. I also think the game is twice as long as it needed to be, um, and because of that, it loses some of the um, you know the context but some of the subject matter you know some of the the parody that it's it's aiming for some of the for. impact yeah yeah it's so it, it it ends up diluting a lot of what it's trying mm. to say just by you know trying to be a bigger game which i think is a shame because you know i think if it, it was a bit more contained you know i think the game would be a really important game as it is i think it has very important aspects i think it's one of those games that isn't suitable for all i really yeah. think you know we have age ratings for a reason, and I think Manhunt clearly is an adults-only game. It's not a game that should, you know, youngsters should be playing because I think, you know, I'm not one of these people that says if you play games, it will have an effect on you. But uh, I do think certain content should be taken within context of an adult, and I think Manhunt falls under that. And that's a weird thing for me to actually say because, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's odd. <laughs> there's plenty actually I, yeah. I, I guess with films there is plenty of films I would say that okay well that's you know I've seen 18s which I would allow youngsters to see at the same time you know context of other films I'd say no and I think it's interesting to see games push up against that and actually Manhunt when you compare it to a lot of games that have come out recently I, I do think it's still at the extreme end but I also think it's on occasions comical um, which is you know is, is one of the savings grace so yeah yeah, I, I, I do recommend this game. I, I was one of the people that put it on the spreadsheet and I backed up James that this is an important game that Kane and Rinch should cover, um, even if it's one of those ones that you know wasn't hugely requested, uh, such as Demon's Souls, etc. Um, so <laughs> yeah. it's been a really interesting chat about it. So, yeah, good. Uh, yeah, excellent. So, Paul, how do you feel about Manhunt? Well, to be honest, these days um, I, I, could, I really could barely play it. To be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, I, 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 after about the third level, I was I was really struggling. Um, I guess my twenty-four-year-old self uh, was able to put up with all of mm. the all of the things um, all of the things that ir- I found irritating about it now, like the checkpointing system yeah. being really it's harsh, uh, isn't or, it? Uh, really harsh. Yeah, I, 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 I guess for a lot of people, that's that's part of the appeal. Great. If you like that, go nuts. <laughs> Enjoy it. But for me, that all that stuff was intensely irritating. Also, I, I'm a person that likes stars and things like that. I like I like that kind of thing. So having no idea what I'm supposed to do to get three stars in the level and whatnot yeah. is just is incredibly irritating to me. And the, the inability to, if, if screwed something up, restart, uh, which is, to be honest with you, is a problem I found generally speaking with um, Rockstar games that, you know, you have to, I basically have to reload to save and all that kind of thing no, no way to restart when I screwed things up yeah basically having to get myself killed all that kind of thing just conspired against mm. me it's one of those things I think I'll leave the memory of of the enjoy of the you know in inverted commas enjoyment I got out of the game yeah. when I played it 10 years ago is something is something I you know I'll I'm happy to leave that where it is and say that's that's how I want to remember enjoying the game rather than the reality of now which is <laughs> it's a bit a bit irritating and the gunplay is a bit crap and yeah. uh, uh, and it goes on way too long and, and so forth as a man up to I played a bit of it uh, on the PC and whilst it's sort of hilarious comic it's comical even watching all of these ridiculous uh, uh, kills happening it, it just as you say it's just not terribly interesting in yeah. plot wise and that is 
one of the things that's that's so strong about the first Manic game is the atmosphere and the, the you know not so much the story, just all of the stuff that's going on yeah, yeah. and all the, of the, the stuff narrative, I suppose, it. rather than the, the actual story, yeah, rather yeah. than the, the literally the nuts and bolts yeah, of the yeah. story. Um, so I think at this stage, I'm I'm happy to just say, yeah, I enjoyed it when I played it originally on the PS2, and kind of leave it there. So. Okay. Andy, would you like to close us out with your thoughts on uh, Manhunt and Manhunt 2? Cool, I'll give it a go. Um, <laughs> I actually think both games uh, are quite important, um, but for very different reasons. Um, obviously, like as you probably worked out from my appearances on, on here, but um, I'm the last person on Earth who should be telling other people what they should or shouldn't be offended by. <laughs> um, you know, that's just the way it is, but at the same time, my personal stance is I'm very anti-censorship. I yeah. think pretty much everything should, you know, like, can be put into art. And, you know, I feel that video games need to do that in order to sort of grow up a bit. Um, and, you know, the knee-jerk reactions to things need to sort of die down until you see them. But then, if that does happen, you get things like Manhunt 1 and Manhunt 2. Now, Manhunt 1... Um, although very extreme, very nasty, relentlessly bleak, um, it does have an art to it. It's undeniable. Um, you know, there's a lot of films, as we've talked about before, that have share sort of, you know, they share in this very similar sort of area, and um, you know, it it would be a shame that for things like this to go away just because of you know sort of rules about violence and whatnot because um i think that manhunt succeeds the first one does it's it's not supposed to be enjoyable categorically it's supposed to be horrible it's supposed to be ugly and you're supposed to feel bad you're a human being you're not supposed to enjoy this stuff but i I like that there's stuff out there that pulls feelings out of you that aren't just brilliant the princess is in another castle i like that it's grim and i like that it makes a point of it on the other side manhunt Mm -hmm. too Again, I've just said that I feel that everything, everyone should be able to do everything. I'm I'm very anti-censorship. I also think when you get it as completely wrong, tonally and all the other reasons, (laughs) as Manhunt 2, it should be pulled up. It should be explained why it's wrong. It should be explained why it's bad. It should be, you know, it should not humiliate. It is the wrong word, but, you know, it should be chastised for where it went wrong and held up as an example of, like, well... This is just a bit childish, isn't it? This is this is wrong. It's not mature. It's not pushing the boundaries in the right way. It's pushing them in all the wrong way. Should it exist? Yes, of course. That's that's my personal belief. But that's how it goes. I think that when censorship rules are a little looser, you can get great stuff that's very different, like Manhunt. You can also get a bunch of rubbish like Manhunt too. <laughs> but I guess that's the way it's got to be. Um, from a gameplay point of view, if you haven't already figured out that you should avoid Manhunt 2, then um, probably pick a different podcast to listen to, because we're not <laughs> going to make it any less subtle than this. But um, in terms of the first one, um, I find it a little bit hard to recommend in terms of the game these days. Um, yeah. Stealth mechanics have an age well, but it is quite an interesting game to play, um, to see the sort of genesis of a lot of stuff like uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, the Last of Us, which I've mentioned before, and this kind of breed of sort of aggressive stealth games that have come out in the last few years, because yeah. it's kind of like the kind of one of the ones that sort of 
you know, started that fire. Um, yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. <laughs> uh, that that has been our opinions on the game. Um, it remains for me to say thank you very much to Tony and also to uh, Paul and Andy. Um, Paul, would you like to tell us, uh, tell the people listening, where they can find you if they would like to engage you in any uh, discussion, manhunt, or otherwise? Uh, yeah, I'm, I think really the easiest place to contact me is Twitter. My handle is at Plexshaw, so that's about it, really. I, I... Uh, and Andy, uh, I believe you may have uh, an affiliated website you would like to yeah, discuss. Yeah. Um, if you need to uh, see anything else that I do, um, it's midnightresistance.co.uk. There's loads of words on there that I've done, and there's a <laughs> semi-regular podcast if you like swearing and misanthropy. Um, if you want to speak to me directly, um, you can get me on Twitter, which is at Andy Hero. It's A-N-D-I-H-E-R-O. Um, or you can just wait until Kane and Rince guys have got another game full of violence, or maybe Legacy of Kane. <laughs> and, um, it's on the list. <laughs> we'll, we'll, and uh, maybe I'll come back one day. So, uh, thank you very much, Tony, Paul, and Andy. Next time, in issue 120, Leon will be playing the role of Chop Chop Master Onion to a ragtag band of music-loving animals as Kanan Rinch shines a spotlight on Parap the Rapper, Umjammer Lammy, and Parap the Rapper 2. Thank you very much for joining us. We hope to see you next time.